I hate the fact that it's cool to be black these days. Good. I hate this hip-hop fucking influence on white fucking suburbia. Good. And I hate Tabitha Soren and all her Zionist MTV fucking pigs telling us we should get along. Save the rhetorical bullshit, Hillary Rodham Clinton, because it ain't going to fucking happen. Open our eyes. Every night, thousands of these parasites stream across the border. Over two million illegal immigrants bedding down in this state tonight. million dollars just to lock up a bunch of illegal immigrants, criminals. There's nothing funny going on here. This is about your life and mine. On the Statue of Liberty, it says, give me your tired, your hungry, your poor. Well, it's Americans who are tired and hungry and poor. And I say until you take care of that, close the fucking book. going on and I don't see anybody doing anything about it. And he fucking pisses me off. This isn't our fucking neighborhood, it's a battlefield.
What's up, family? How's everyone doing tonight? Thank you all very much for tuning in to another episode of the motherfucking Eagle's Nest. A popular neo-Nazi podcast. It's your boy, John Fashcroft, and with me, as always, is our brother, Akila. How are you, Bubba? I've never been better. John, racial greetings, ready to expose some Jews for their jewelry. Yeah, man, I'm, uh, I'm pretty stoked about uh, the show tonight because, man... This is another one of those shows, kind of like, um, kind of like the uh, Wilmington Rebellion we did, yeah. uh, where you could do like f- fucking five shows on it because there's so much to it. The more you look into it, you can, the more you find out how uh, how many Jews were involved in that shit, and how almost most of the famous mobsters you've heard of are fucking Jews. <laughs> most of the famous, like you hear all these Italian names, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? I mean, other than, like, the obvious, you know, Sammy the Bull, uh, you know, Michael Francine or whatever the fuck his name is, people like that, right? But all of these other ones you hear, like, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? And then all the names you recognize are fucking Jews for the most part. So it's it's a fascinating little thing we're going to get into tonight. And an uh, awesome little um, lead-in with the movie last night. So, yeah, man, thank you for that movie. Yeah, no, I, I was really looking forward to kind of doing these two back-to-back and really putting the spotlight on Meyer Lansky and those fucking dirty kikes because, you know, not only did they like sort of like, I don't really want to take up for like our own white gangsters and shit, but like we've been talking about that a little bit, you know, make make Aryans gangster again. We used to have hierarchies and that extent that used to extend into our own governments and stuff like that. And, and the muscle that sort of like these Jews have taken over and used against our population used to come from us. And so, you know, it was one of the ways that the people – um, were able to leverage their power against the state so the state didn't become too corrupt and 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 you know um yeah it well, was healthier to be that way you so. know what i noticed in in reading all this and then right after i say this i want to say what's up to everybody what i noticed in kind of look reading all this and kind of uh listening to a few things today is the jewish mafia jewish organized crime operated in the same way all jews do right you could, uh, so uh, we watched the movie a while back, uh, Juden, we call it the Sus Jew. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm not German. I don't speak German, but it's like Juden Sub or some shit like that, right? And it's about a Jew that nestles up next to power and he likes builds this bridge and wants to pay and gets taxes on the bridge and tolls and it starts fucking all these people. And it's just like a, it's an amazing movie commissioned by the Third Reich. It's called, we called it the Sus Jew. I can't remember exactly how to pronounce it. But uh, it's about how Jews nestle up to power, right? And they get themselves right underneath power and control power without actually holding it themselves. And that's a very similar thing that these Jews did in organized crime. They nestled themselves up right next to the Italian mafia, used a lot of these Italians to do their fucking dirty work because they're weak fucking Jews. And they knew they needed the Italian mafia to survive because if the Italian mafia turned on them, they would have been fucked. Right. So, uh, yeah, it was just a really interesting turn of events. But before we get too much into it, what's up, family? How are y'all doing? F- uh, Fire of Pain, The Rock. What's up, family? How are y'all doing? Uh, Spy Hunter. Yes, the Purple Gang. That's Detroit, I believe, was yes. where the Purple Gang was. Yeah, Detroit. Uh, what's up, family? How are y'all doing? True Earth. What's up, Bub? Notorious. What's up, Bubba? Thylacine. What's up, fam? White Supreme Pizza. What up? Uh, what up, family? How you doing? Who else we got? Trey Xanthian. What's up, Bob? Tipsy. What's up, brother? Harry Holler. What's up, fam? Uh, how about to punish tequila? <laughs> hey, punish tequila. Don't <laughs> haven't seen you around much. How are you? <laughs> I've been hiding. I've been hiding. 
Notorious, did I say what's up to you? What's up, Notorious? Yeah, no, uh, Murder, Inc., uh, funny enough, I, I laughed my ass off uh, because I'd heard of Murder, Inc., and I, once again, uh, I hadn't done a whole lot of, like, a uh, mafia mob research, so I'm not real, I, before this, I wasn't real learned on it. Still got a lot more to do because we're going to continue this because there's way too much to cover. Uh, we could probably go till about midnight tonight and get enough of it done, but, I mean, still, we got, you know, anyways. Uh, but yeah, Murder Inc. It made me laugh because Murder Inc. was like this, uh, like ninety-five percent Jewish uh, hit squad, right? With a couple Italians sprinkled in there, and so it's like this multi, this diverse group of of hitmen, right? And then you think of Murder Inc. The uh, rap label thing, right? With Ja Rule and Irv Gotti and all those fucking Sephardic Jews. <laughs> all these Sephardic Jews and then Ja Rule. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was just funny. It made me chuckle. Uh, Keurig, what's up, family? Land of the fake, home of the gay. What's up, fam? Uh, Jeff Goybloom, what's up, family? How are you doing? Yeah, uh, Bugsy will be talked about tonight for sure. Mean some bitch. What's up, family? Who else we got? Damn, that got us to the top already. Uh, thylacine. Goy Toy, what's up, family? True Earth, what's up, fam? We Knows, what's up, family? Boris, what's up, fam? Uh, white working class grug, what's up? I, I relate. What's up, family? Thank you for being here. <laughs> Rex, uh, Rex, what's up, family? Uh, blacksmith Waffin. Uh, if you're actually a blacksmith, that would be super fucking badass. That's actually a hobby I've been thinking about getting into. Uh, I'm actually going to start... Uh, Probably doing a lot more hobby work and probably recording it with my GoPro and uploading that shit and stuff like that. Because uh, I miss doing hobby work, uh, woodwork. Uh, I don't know. I've showed on the show before years ago this uh, vanity I built for my old lady. I built her this fucking vanity uh, out of an old uh, nightstand, like a uh, bedside uh, dresser. Right? It's got the shelves in it. We knocked the fucking uh, buddy of mine brought it over and it had like some was left on the side of the road. It had like some kid had been painting all over it and shit. It had like unicorns and fucked up shit all over it. So we sanded it down, knocked the uh, shelves out of it. And uh, I put a mirror on the back of it and lined the mirror with lights and put a switch and a reset on it. So she's got like this whole like Hollywood style fucking makeup station. Uh, yeah, I want to start doing that, and I would really like to start blacksmithing. I've watched these guys on YouTube that have made these, like, uh, brick forges in their backyard out of, like, bricks and cinder blocks and shit and made these little forges. So I've always wanted to get into that. That sounds super fucking fun. What's up, yeah, blacksmith? fucking Welcome badass, back. man. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Flack, what's up, Flack? Uh, bounded by God. Have I said what's up to you? What's up, Bounded by God? Dad or Dump, what's up, family? Mad World, what's up, fam? Pilgrim, what's up, fam? Chad Max, what's up, family? Kill it with fire. Gab incoming. Uh, what's that mean? What's up, kill it with fire? Thank you for being here. Carbon fiber, what's up, brother? How you doing? Pedal fast, what's up, fam? Uh, I think I got everybody. I think I got everybody. SNAT TV, what's up, family? How you doing? Uh, fire of pain, the kosher nostra. Yeah, exactly, the kosher nostra. Our yeah, Texas. Literally. Our Texas, what's up, brother? How you doing? Uh, what's he saying? My nanny's parents, both sides, were from Italy. Yeah, but were they Sicilian? <laughs> That's the question. Were they were they from were they uh from Italy or were they Sicilian? <laughs> I'm just fucking around. 
Uh, Black Pill Heathen, what's up? Thylacine, what's up, family? True Earth, what's up, family? All right, guys. Uh, one second. Yeah, man. Ethnat uh, TV, what's up, family? How y'all doing over there? Hope everybody's well over there. Uh, guys, if you haven't signed up to Ethnat TV, uh, that is Night Nation's little gig he's got going on over there. It's a Sheen clone, basically. But uh, it's always there in case y'all need it. Like if Odyssey's acting up or anything like that. There it is right there. Homa Talk. What's up, family? Hey, Heave Watch. What's up, family? Thank y'all very Oh, by the way, if y'all aren't following Heave Watch on Telegram, definitely go follow Heave Watch on Telegram. He's got a great channel over there. He reposts all of our shit there, along with a bunch of other, like Red Eyes, all kinds of shit. Great channel over on Telegram, so go check him out. But anyways, guys, let's get the fuck on into it, man. Uh... Yeah, the Jewish Mafia. So last night, we watched Mobsters. And it was basically about the um, forming of the, of the not necessarily the Cosa Nostra, but it's uh, the, 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 what they called the syndicate or the commission, right? Which was commissioned uh, by Lucky Luciano, which brought together all of the organized crime families at the time, basically, in that area. Uh Italian, Jewish, uh, I believe there were even some uh, Negro contingents there. Uh, we're going to get into it, but uh, do you want to jump this thing off, Brother Akila, or do you want me to take off with it? Uh, go for it, Johnny. I think we can orient ourselves along the way. Um, did you have a bio that you wanted to run? Because we've yeah, got a yeah. few up here, yeah. I got Lansky's here. Uh, Flipsy. Yeah. Oh, okay, so this guy's... All right, let's go ahead and do this real quick. He says, what's up, Fashcroft? Um... Flipsy McFagger. Tipsy's a good brother of mine, man. So I don't know what's going on with your name. Maybe that's not a shot at Tipsy. But if it is, I'd appreciate it if you'd change it because he's a good brother of mine. And I find it hard to believe he's done anything wrong to you because he's a fairly uh, good-mannered dude. So if that's not the case, you know, my bad. Thank you for being here. But if that is the case, come on, man. Tipsy's a good dude. Don't do that. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Yeah, that's so, no. pretty gay. But if you're one of his boys and you're just chirping, yeah, just trolling, right? Funny. Exactly. exactly yeah. <laughs> but if you're not, yeah. fuck you, change it. Yeah, don't do that, bro. <laughs> yeah. What's up, White Shadow? How you doing, brother? Great to see you, Bubba. Rock, what's up, brother? Uh, all right, Blacksmith. Oh yeah, I said, I said what's up to Blacksmith, Bubba. All right, let's get on into it. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, uh, just before you start, there's the Lansky bio, and I think the Arnold Rothstein bio to get to, just to give some context, might be a nice thing too. Uh, maybe I'll hit I'll hit that one right after the Lansky one. Yeah, I figured that's where we would start, right? We would start with Lansky because Lansky runs uh, parallel to Siegel and um, Luciano, right? So if we if we cover Lansky in this bio that I got, I actually have two of them. Uh, we're gonna just we're gonna run mostly with the Wikipedia because it's the most concise with the most information, right? But um, yeah. if we if we cover the, I, f I think if we cover Lansky. Uh, that will give us enough on Luciano uh, and Siegel for now. Then we can go over to Rothstein and then get, double back to Siegel. Yeah, and there's then, a few names that's worth addressing. Mickey Cohen, a little bit of the Purple Gang. Uh, uh, but you guys will see how all that stuff sort of ties together as we go. Yeah, we got uh, Dutch Schultz, uh, yes. Hooky Roth, uh, Mickey Cohen, uh Arnold Rothstein, 
Bugsy Siegel, Meyer Lansky. Yeah, we got a bunch of them here. That's what I've got here. Uh, For sure. Yeah, so let's get on into it. Let's get on into um, motherfucking Lansky. Uh, Meyer Sukojansky. <laughs> Sukojansky is his name. I mean, like, Lansky, I guess you could say the J. I don't know, do Jews, do Jews uh, trade, like, do, you know how, like, um, Mexicans, uh, a J is like a H, or, like, uh, Brazilians, R's are like an H, right? Like, Hoist, Gracie, spelled with an R. So do Jews consider J's like an L? Where the fuck do they get Lansky at any, anywhere in this? So Mayor Sukojansky, suck-ass Jansky, uh, was born on, listen to this, listen to this, I about fucking fell out of my fucking chair, uh, when I heard this, um, born on July 4th, <laughs> uh, what is going on there, what is it, did you hear that? Mm, Sound nope. like something's like unplugging on my computer, weird, anyway, pulled on my tower, it might have made some maybe noise, it was, but... yeah. Anyways, born on July 4th, 1902 in Gor... What the fuck? This is a fucking weird-ass Polish name. Um, Grodno, 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 Russia. Or, I'm sorry, Russian name. Uh, born July 4th, 1902 in Grodno, Russia. Now Belarus. To a Polish-Jewish family who experienced anti-Semitism and pogroms from imperial authorities. When asked about his native country, Lansky always responded, Poland, when he was actually from Russia. Uh, in 1911, Lansky immigrated to the United States to the port of Odessa with his mother and brother Jacob and joined his father, who had immigrated in 1909, and settled in the Lower East Side of Manhattan, New York. Lansky met Benjamin Bugsy Siegel when they were children. They became, all of these guys grew up together, right? That's how this whole thing happened, right? And that's why this fu- these fucking Jews always got their ass saved by these these just a few Italians that they happened to grow up around, right? And that's another reason these Jews snuggled up next to Italians. Uh, and this isn't a shot at our Italian brothers. We know we joke around, but we love our Italians here. But they share a similar, not the same like uh, phenotype, but they share a look, right? They they have a similar a Jew can pass for an Italian much easier than he can pass for a fucking German, right? Is what yeah. I'm saying. And I'm not trying yeah, to be shitty about Irish. it. Or an Irish. Yeah, and I'm not trying to be shitty about that. I'm just saying, like, the dark curly hair, the olive skin, Some, you know what I mean? Uh, yep. Anyway, so that's why they were able to suck up so close to the Italians and tarnish the Italian's name. Because this is my opinion after reading about this. Like, even when you read about Murder, Inc., when you read about uh, Meyer Lansky... When you read about Bugsy Siegel, they're just nasty, extremely like hyper violent motherfuckers, right? Like yep. the Italian mob seems like they were guys who were handling their business, and every now and again somebody got out of line and they had to fucking you know do what they had to do. But it seems like these fucking Jews were just nasty, just fucking murderous kikes, just like slaughtering people uh, at the first like hint of disagreement. You know what I mean? It's just really yep. they they be, they behave much like the Mossad. Yes, they behave much like the Mossad, in my opinion. Absolutely, yeah. Italians are Catholics. I mean, there's a code among Catholics, you know, uh, um, and the Cosa Nostra and stuff. They they had a code, and and part of the subversion, the greater subversion of these Jews infiltrating, was to like, 
you know, deconstruct that code and get certain Italians to go along with a much dirtier way of doing business. Um, yeah, and very much like Mossad. And that, 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 this started before World War II, after World War I, and leads into like the way that, you know, uh, the unions were dealt with and how they handled business. And that impacted all the workers across North America, uh, you know, pushing through capitalism, using communist Bolshevik tactics to do so. Um, so, you know, it really encapsulates the world we live in. It's colored it in such deep, profound ways in ways that we don't see. And honestly, a lot of our identity as Italians and, and Irish um, is colored by this Jewish behavior, you know, as if we're some kind of animals or some kind of shit like this. And it's not true. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Uh, they became okay. So yeah, Lansky met Benjamin Bugsy Siegel when they were children. They became lifelong friends as well as partners in the bootlegging trade. Together, uh, they managed the Bugs and Meyer mob, with its reputation as one of the once. Here we go with its reputation as one of the most violent prohibition gangs. Lansky was also close friends with Charles Lucky Luciano. The two met as teenagers when Luciano attempted to extort Lansky for protection money on his walk home from school. Luciano respected the younger boy's defiant response to his threats, and the two formed a lasting partnership thereafter. The two of them would go on to associate with veteran gangster Arnold Rothstein up until his murder in 1928. So uh, here's something I kind of was wondering, uh, Brother Aquila. So, oh, real quick, let me me say uh, thank you to... Flashy, flashy girl. Thank you very much. I greatly, greatly appreciate that. Hail to you. Um, so Arnold Rothstein. Who's the yeah. other guy? So there's Arnold Rothstein and there was another one. Uh, Bugsy Siegel, actually. Arnold Rothstein and Bugsy Siegel. So both of these guys are known, well, and Meyer Lansky for that, for that fact. Uh, so Arnold Rothstein and Bugsy Siegel are both known. Uh, Arnold Rothstein's known for being like a fixer, right? Uh, a yes. numbers guy, and Bugsy Siegel is known for going and actually being the first one to start mafia casinos in Las Vegas with the Flamingo Hotel. So was the guy in Casino? I know it's like a like a fictional movie based on a true story. Was it was he was he like an amalgamation of the two, or was he just based on one of them? Uh, he was based off um, Frank Rosenthal. Who was, oh, somebody that we're not even talking about right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. We we do the Arnold Ro- Arnold Rothstein bio. You you'll we'll, we'll come across him, um, and he was uh, so Bugsy Siegel was killed, right? They signed off on murdering him because he was skimming off the top um, for all the Vegas. Um, well, and they they did that uh, hit. They did that hit on the uh, Savastano guy as well. That was a big part of it. I think his name was Savastano. We'll get to all that. We're jumping. Yeah. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. So, so Frank Rosenthal kind of like took over from Bugsy Siegel, basically. Okay. Right after he went down there and established her. And yeah. he did. Uh... Shit. Now I'm going to forget. It's in, the, it's in the shit here. But what was uh, Frank Rosenthal's thing? He did the. Um... So Bugsy Siegel did the Flamenco. And he did another one. It's one that we've all heard of. I can't think of yeah, it. Yeah, in terms of the it. Uh, casino itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's one um, that everybody's heard of. I can't think of the name of it right now, man. Yeah, me neither. Uh, anyhow, let's get on into it. Um, 
Luciano had a vision of a national crime. And see, I disagree with this. See, this is in the Wikipedia they say this, but in the podcast I listened to today at work and in the video I was watching just a little bit ago, they all said this was a dream of, 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 of Lansky's. Yes. Right? This this collectivized, this this unionization of organized crime, basically, right? It's the way yes. I think it's a good way to put it. Yeah, because uh, the Jews couldn't get into the uh, the Italian mafia. They couldn't get to the highest ranks of organized crime, uh, like without uh, WAPs signing off. So, sorry, without Italians signing off. So, um, you know, he had to sidle up to somebody powerful and ascend alongside him. And really, like, it, this was a plan of, of Ar- Arnold Rothstein. Like, he himself couldn't get in with them, so he had to have somebody do it. And I, I, the idea was that he was going to kind of ride the coattails and sort of usurp the whole thing, Arnold Rothstein himself, and then Lansky backstabbed him and and took it over. Um, anyways, when we'll see where a lot of his clout comes from, and it comes from uh, the place you'd expect it to come from, which was anti-Nazi, uh, you know, pro-Jew, uh, military industrial complex. Look at that skeevy fucking Jew, boy. Yeah, I sent you a few pictures there if you wanted to pull Look them up. Look at that skeev ball. Just a skeev ball right there. Yeah, what the a dead gross, eyes, you know? Yeah, what a gross fucking person. Uh, there's this one There's this one picture I was trying to get up of. Really? There it is. Why can't I get this one up here? Open that image. Uh, Nick says, without papers, applies to Canadians too. Yeah, that was a slip of the tongue, Nick. I'm sorry. I love my Italian bros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at that fucking gro- Yeah. Anyway, so there he is. That's Meyer Lansky right there. I had a picture of Murder, Inc. up on the screen, but I think it's more appropriate to have Lansky himself up as for right now. For right now. But, uh, yeah, one of the most violent uh, prohibition gangs, uh, teenagers, uh... Oh yeah, and another thing is uh, I wanted to kind of that, that I don't think is correct about this this that we're reading right here, uh, and we I might have to jump over to this other one here in a minute to to read this other note, but um, I don't I don't think uh, I'm not sure I'm not a hundred percent sure that Luciano was extorting lansky i think he was protecting him from someone else that was extorting him and that's that's how they became friends but i'm not 100 percent sure on that we'll have to go back to this other article here in a minute anyway luciano has a vision of a luciano which is dying we i know that's not true that was 100 percent a lansky thing maybe they shared it but it was also uh lansky's huge thing right because like you said uh they needed to saddle up to power so they could get into like the upper echelons of organized crime and also they knew they were too weak right uh that's why that's another reason why they had to be so brutal right that's a common tactic right that's a common tactic in war you know if you if you if you know you're a weaker force you have to be more brutal to strike fear into the enemy right yes. and that's why the jews were like that right they're 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 nasty evil brutal people because they know they're weak so they have to try to give the illusion of power through fear through brutality right so that's, that's why it. they were always more brutal than you know the italian mafia they'll just you know if they if they absolutely have to come put one in the back of your head and that's it you know what i mean with these uh jews are like emptying fucking thompson fucking drums into phone booths and just just sadistic shit you know what i mean sadistic shit 
Yeah, because you know they they know that your mother would have to would want to view your 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 body at the funeral and things like this, right? They had a respect for their own traditions and the shared traditions, um, and that's why I allude to Bolshevism, right? That these were Bolshevik tactics. These are Russian Jews from the same blood stock uh, uh, as the Jews who who destroyed communist Russia and became like the Russian organized crime that installed Putin, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So these are really sick criminal Jews, twisted rapists. Uh, sadistic animals uh and, and and you know like um like a dangerous man can be kind but a weak man is very very dangerous right in a different type of way right a strong dangerous oh, man it can, is. yeah I'm, I'm sorry the chat is correcting me this is lucky it is lucky luciano but if you look right here guys look it says meyer lansky that's why i clicked on that fucking picture that is lucky luciano you guys are correct my bad this is Meyer so, Lansky here. I sent uh, I sent like bag, three guys. pictures of Lansky into our DMs. John, one of them has him in front of Jerusalem, like as a backdrop, which I thought was just <laughs> very poignant. Okay, yeah, I'll grab that real quick. Uh, one is his younger sort of image as well, which was you know you really see the dead eyes there. There's the one where he's in Jerusalem. Oh shit! There it is. <laughs> Uh, thank you, chat, for correcting that. Yeah, I just saw it said Meyer Lansky down there and fucking clicked on it. I didn't even uh, think twice about it. Thank you guys very much for uh, correcting that for the record. Yeah. All right. So where are we at here? Okay, yeah. Uh, so back to the Division of the Crime Syndicate, a national crime syndicate in which Italian, Jewish, and Irish gangs could pool together their resources to turn organized crime into a lucrative business for all, an organized crime, an organization he founded after the uh, conference in Atlantic City, organized by himself, Lansky, Johnny Torrio, and Frank Castillo. Cast Costello, yeah, Costello. Yeah, Frank Costello was played by Costas Mandalore in the movie we saw. He was the right-hand man of Luciano, like sort of like the Bugsy Siegel to Luciano as Siegel was to Lansky. And it's important to note uh, here that this is actually before the official unification of the Italian mob. So the official unification of the Italian mob was in 1931, and the Atlantic City Conference was in May between the 13th and the 16th of 1929. Uh, leaders of organized crime in the United States is considered uh, by most crime historians to be the earliest organized crime summit held in the U.S. Uh, impacted the future direction of the criminal underworld and held more importance and significance than the Havana Conference of 1946 and the Appalachian meeting of, of 1957. Uh, it also represented the first concrete move toward a national crime syndicate. Um, uh, was you going to say something? Uh, well, just to allude to some of the more figures kind of around this, around the prohibition time, you know, like we hear a lot about what happened in Europe and in, 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 um, in the context of the war and stuff. So this, this stuff was what was happening between, uh, 1919 and 1945, uh, 39, right? So those, that 20 year span, um, and there were other people involved, like uh, Nucky Thompson was a real gangster that bo uh, Boardwalk Empire was 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 about. Um, and he was an Irish who uh, had, you know, a lot of power and control that was eventually wrenched from him by by the Italians through the Jews and, and Joe Kennedy. So uh, um, President Kennedy's father. 
right, was also a bootlegger who was an Irish and had a lot of clout and power in those circles and, um, you know, eventually succumbed to to Jewish power ultimately in, in, in the same way. So they, they didn't really out, outlast. Um, the, the white crime syndicate in America didn't outlast uh, the Jews or the, the Nazis in Europe, let's say that. Right, the Nazis in Europe fell at the same time that the white organized crime and white hierarchies fell. Um, and that's attached to the Bund and all that kind of stuff. So we'll get into that more, but I just wanted to give a little more framing there. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so uh, should we go into the conference? Or should we just, should we go into the conference? Um, uh, yeah, I take yeah. yeah, take it, take it, take it into the covers. So it happened in uh, between May thirteenth and sixteenth in nineteen twenty nine. Uh, Meyer Lansky uh, was married to was married, and he and his closest underworld friends concluded that the resort town of Atlantic City, New Jersey, would be the ideal place to have both his honeymoon and also the conference, allowing Lansky to mix business and pleasure along with the rest of the bosses. The date and place was set for the weekend. Of May 13th through uh, 16th, making the conference the first known underworld summit of its kind, which could be considered the first. Yeah, we just read that earlier. Lennox City Conference was said to be hosted by Meyer Lansky and Italian mobster Johnny Torrio, Charlie, uh, Italian mobsters, excuse me, Johnny Torrio, Lucky Luciano, and Frank Castillo. The organizing host of the conference. Yeah, host of the conference was Atlantic City and South New Jersey crime boss Enoch Nucky Johnson who provided the hotel accommodations, food, and entertainment f for all, while making a guarantee no police, that there would be no police interference. The largest delegation in the conference came from New York, New Jersey, from the New York, New Jersey area, and included mobsters Johnny the Fox Torrio, formerly, the Chicago, former, formerly of Chicago, Charles Lucky Luciano, Frank Castillo, Giuseppe John Adonis Dotto, uh, Vito Genovese and all top members of Manhattan's powerful Masseria family. Albert the Mad Hatter Anastasia, which was one of the uh, members of Murder, Inc. as well, right? Yeah. Yep, that's what I thought. Uh, Frank Cheech Scalisi, Vincent Magango, Maganano, Mangano, there you go. <laughs> Vincent Mangano from the D. Aquila. Uh-oh, what's going on here? Uh -oh. Doxed. Doxed from the D. Aquila <laughs> Minio family of Manhattan. Uh, trying to hide it. Gaetiano, Tommy Brown, Lucchese, uh represented the Reina family out of the Bronx. Corico, Willie Moore, Moretti represented the Massiera family of Newark, New Jersey. Meyer, the Brain Lansky, and Benny Bugsy Siegel, bosses of the Bugs Meyer mob. Uh, who protected liquor shipments in the New Jersey, New York area. Louis Lepke Buckalter, which was the leader. Uh, he was the one who was said to like run the show for the most part at Murder, Inc. Mm -hmm. And Jacob Gura Shapiro. <laughs> Considered the underworld's Rockefellers, also known as the Gorilla Boys. Abner Longy Zwillman was a Jewish-American mobster, primarily in North New Jersey. Uh, also rep representing New York, New Jersey, was Dutch Schultz, another Jew, Bronx Beer Baron, and Harlem Numbers Queen, Owen. Oh, I'm sorry, Numbers King. <laughs> I, I, saw, <laughs> oh, I read Owen and King at the same time, and it came out Queen. Owen, Oni the Killer, Madden. But wait, was John Madden Jewish? Oh, no, that's Irish. Okay, <laughs> never mind. He's Irish. Woo! 
Yeah. I, uh, I was about to say football bros. You cannot get a W. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Boston Manhattan's Hell's Kitchen and the Irish Combine. Frank Erickson, former Rothstein Lieutenant Costello Associate and future bookmaking kingpin. Chicago was represented by Alfonso Scarface Capone, Frank the Enforcer Nitty, Jake Greasy Thumb Guzik, Frank the Frank Klein Rio, top members of the Southside Capone Gang and representing Midwest interests, Capone Bodyguard, and only one of two Irish gangsters present, Frank McElrain of the Southside Satis McElrain Gang, Saltis. Saltus McElrain gang, yeah. From Philadelphia came the Jewish American bosses, Irvin Waxy Gordon Wexler, Harry Nigrosen, <laughs> Harry Nigrosen. Oh fuck! <laughs> Fucking Harry Nigrosen, Stromberg, Max Boo Boo Hoff, Irving Blitzy Blitz, Charles Schwartz. From Cleveland came the Little Jewish Navy. <laughs> the Little Jewish Navy from Cleveland. Uh, Mo Morris Mo Dallitz, Louis Lurati Rothkoff, however the fuck you say that, along with adopted Polizzi family member Leo Charles Polizzi Berkowitz, who represented Little in- Little Italy's. Mayfield Road Mob. The feared Purple Gang of Detroit was represented by Abe Bernstein and his brother Joseph Bugs Bill Bernstein, Boston's most prominent bootlegger, Charles King Solomon, <laughs> was Fuck. present while King- <laughs> Charles King Solomon uh, was present while Kansas City's uh, Ballastair Gang and the Pendergrass machine were represented by John Lazia, by boss John Lazia. Delegations from Florida and Louisiana were present at the time, which would most likely be Luke, uh, Luciano and Costello allies. Santo Traficant Sr. of Tampa and Sylvester or so, Silvestro Silver Dollar Sam Corolla of New Orleans. Two of the underworld's most powerful leaders, Giuseppe, Joe Boss, Massiera, and Salvatore. Toro Marizano. I think that's the one that's the one that they killed that got Bugsy Siegel killed, I think. Yeah, he was in the movie last night too. Yeah, he was the yeah. other main, main boss there. So Maserio was Anthony Quinn and I forget the other actor's name. Yeah, so he's this, the one that grabbed his the Luciano's dad's nuts in the Yeah, he was the nut grabber. Yeah, he's the Krav Maga expert. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the Krav Maga practitioner. Uh so yeah, this is the guy that they killed. Um you know what? It'd probably be better if I did this because I can actually. Let me do this real quick, and I'll pull this back over here. Because I can pull these guys' pictures up as I'm talking. I should have been doing this the whole fucking time. Some of these guys got their uh, names there. Where are we at? There's a lot of names there, man. Like there's yeah. there's a significant amount of gangsters involved in that. Like, and you yeah, can that's... see the percentage of Jews is super fucking that's... high. That's like. Yeah, that's why I wanted to go into the conference so you could see how many people were there and how many of them were fucking Jews, dude. Like, holy yeah. fuck, dude. I mean, just to, I don't know the exact number here, but let's just say there's a hundred fucking mobsters here. Fucking seventy of them are Jews. 
That's about the number. Yeah, seventy percent of the bootleggers, about seventy percent of of mobsters, like after the forties era, um, when things kind of got quiet a little bit, like as uh, you know, in, in leading up to establishing the state of Israel, actually, right. So once the state of Israel was established, a whole other set of rules started to apply. And, uh, you know, this this was the sort of the, the, the setting of the of the the power structures that led to usurping the military industrial complex. Um, and that went in with with, uh, you know, war making and, and Roosevelt's uh, agenda to end the depression. Um, and so it was very anti-Nazi and anti-German. So these kikes were responsible in large part for getting many, many Germans killed in that war. American Germans fighting their own people. Um, and imagine that, you know, the Bolsheviks, who are like the cousins of these motherfuckers, did the rest of the killing. Right. So it kind of paints this different picture of, of what happened between the wars in America um, and, and largely in Canada as well. Listen, like the, the Jewish, the Little Navy and the Purple Gang, were they were running booze. Uh, they were called the Na Little Navy because they were using boats to run booze back and forth. Um, you know, where I grew up in Montreal. Um, is, you know, the, 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 like Joe Bonanno and, and uh, the Rizzuto family and stuff were still active when I was a kid uh, growing up. And, um, you know, there's a big, like currently there's like, um, like the, the last Rizzuto leader was, was assassinated, I think, uh, like within the last decade. And there's been almost like a seven, eight year like gang war through the whole country because there's no more uh, order, generally speaking. Um, the Port of Montreal was a really important um um, peace to all of this and so that was anyways I shouldn't dox too much I guess I don't know whatever but that that was run by Irish out of the neighborhood that I grew up in so not unsimilar to like uh, you know the the wire this the, the season of the wire where they had all the poles running the um, the Baltimore port in Montreal it was Irish running the the Montreal port and a lot of booze came through there down the St. Lawrence River into the Great Lakes and dispersed from there through Cleveland, Detroit, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just how it went. It's what Prohibition was about. Well, and and the involvement of the Jewish Mafia in anti-fascism, right? Uh, their, yes. Their acts against the American Bund Party here, their acts um, in, con in, in uh, what's, the, what's the word, in Congress, right? Their, their combined efforts with the U.S. military, Right. And their their efforts in um, establishing the state of Israel really just goes to show you. But mostly the 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 uh, yeah, the the interaction with our government on a military level with this yep. Jewish with the mafia, with the Jewish mafia, with the mafia in general to bring down the national socialist government in Germany just goes to show you this the, just to, to re to re uh, to um What's the word I'm looking for to reify, re reify, yeah, to re, yeah, to reify the scumbaggery that they were engaged in against the National Socialist German Workers Party, right? Mm, to, absolutely, to, yeah, and, and we can get into that. I think probably that, that might be a good segue there. Um, maybe just a quick like rundown on on uh, Arnold Rothstein might might help kind of paint a picture as well um, about just the the crazy like depth of Jewish power. Um, uh okay let me let me uh finish this right here yeah yeah uh let me just get like two more paragraphs and i think we can go out of here 
so two of the underworld most powerful leaders, Joe the Boss, Massera, and Salvatore uh, Mazzarano, uh, were not invited because they were about to be fucking killed. <laughs> they were about to be killed as a result of this uh, meeting here. Uh, the oh, Old shit. Guard, or Mustache Peets, that's what they used to call Sicilians. <laughs> uh, mustache Peets. Uh maintained traditional old world ideas and business practices that restricted them from working with other ethnic ethnic gangs outside the Italian underworld. This was considered or this was counter to the ideals and principles that the that the leaders such as Luciano and Torrio wished to express to the other delegates in Atlantic City. At the time of the conference, the future underworld power Joseph Joe Bananas Bonanno Right, Bonanno. So that's a Montreal, yeah. Montreal guy. Yeah. Was was it Maranzano's top lieutenant and aide, and was not invited to Atlantic City, though he would soon become one of the architects of the National Crime Syndicate and La Costa Nostra commissions. The conference started off with an embarrassing incident for some of those invited who tried to check into the hotel. Nucky Johnson had them registered. Namely, at the exclusive Atlantic City Breakers Hotel along the boardwalk, which was then restricted to white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. <laughs> Based. Based. They was like, we only let white people in here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Italian bros, what's going on? Uh, it hurts a little, a little on the Irish, Irish side of me, too. Funny. So. It's funny, man. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, in later years, the Breakers Hotel catered to me to me. Oh my God! <laughs> and then and then immediately would take an L for laughing at that. Uh, in the later years, the Breakers Hotel catered to mainly Jewish clientele, becoming known as the aristo the, the aristocrats of kosher hotels. Once the hotel's management found out multiple guests were trying to check in with Anglo-Saxon aliases, some delegates refused were refused admitt admittance. Subsequently. Johnson heard about the problem and rushed over to the hotel to mitigate the situation. Al Capone being himself uh, screaming at Nicky Johnson for not making the proper arrangements and a loud argument ensued between the two gangsters while others watched and hoped they would not come to blows. Suddenly Johnson, who was taller and heavier than Capone, pushed him into a limousine and ordered everyone to follow him. They headed to the Ritz-Carlton and Ambassador Hotels, and when Capone reached the hotel, he ripped several framed paintings and photos off the walls of the hotel and started to throw them at Nucky Johnson. <laughs> uh, the others concentrated on keeping Al Capone calm and quiet for the time being. And then, yeah, after that, uh, basically, they went on and had the conference, and that was the, the formation of the first uh, union of organized crime syndicates, right? So... That's it right there. That's the Atlantic City Conference, May 13th through 16th, 1929. Uh, now, we can uh, get this back over here. Beautiful. All right. So, where were we at here? We were at the conference. At the conference. So. The conference. Um, there's a just a little article here. This might be a, just a decent little interlude because they go fast. It's 30 interesting and bizarre facts about Meyer Lansky. You want to run through them real quick? Yeah, let me just run through them real quick. Yeah, do that. So 
number one, associated with the Jewish mob, obviously, Lemansky developed a gambling empire that stretched across the world. He was said to own percentages in casinos in Las Vegas, Cuba, the Bahamas, and London. Although a member of the Jewish mob, Lansky undoubtedly had strong influence of American and Italian mafia and played a large role, of course. Okay, so to, uh, the full extent of his role has been subject to some debate, as Lansky himself denied many of the accusations against him. Despite of course. nearly... Yeah, right? Despite nearly 50 years as a member participant in organized crime, Lansky was never found guilty of anything more serious than illegal gambling. Uh, he has a legacy of being one of the most financially successful gangsters in American history. Uh, before he fled Cuba, he was said to be worth an estimated $20 million. However, when he died in 1983, his family was shocked to learn that his estate was worth around $57,000. So supposedly there was $300 million hid around like the Cayman Islands and different bank accounts around the time of his death. Um, Lansky was born, yeah, Myers, suck my dick, Owowski, and Grodno, whatever. Uh, Polish, uh, lied about being Polish. Uh Father, blah, 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 father emigrated. Uh, his brother grew up to manage the National Hotel in Havana, Cuba. So eventually the commies kicked them out, but whatever. Um, became a U.S. citizen. Yeah, because the- he was, uh, sorry not to cut you off, but no, no. This, this is kind of important. Uh, Lansky was nestled up next to Batista. Yes. Right? He, he was uh, running organized crime in Cuba through Batista and opening casinos there. And then when yes. fucking Castro came in, he ran all those fuckers off and shut down all those casinos. That's right. Let's just quickly segue into that because it's a good segue. In Cuba, Lansky befriended Batista and opened up the first casinos in Havana. Luciano and other mafia figures such as Vito Genovese, Mo Dalitz, who we've heard of already, Carlos Marcello and Santo Traficante also had vested interests. However, the Cuban Revolution in 1959 changed everything. Castro closed the casinos and the mafia departed. There are many reports of Lansky's involvement with the CIA in a plot to assassinate Castro. Santo Traficante and Sam Giancana were also involved along with CIA chief Alan Dulles and oilmen such as H.L. Hunt and Clint Murchison. Okay, so what hey, we're that's somebody, to there, That's somebody what, we should do a rundown on is that fucking scumbag Alan Dulles. But anyways, yes. Go ahead. Yeah, roll. absolutely. So what we're starting to see there is the building, like the, the seeds sown of the relationship between Jews, the CIA, and the Texas oil conglomerate, which, um, and I'll, I'll just like throw this out there right now. Um, there was like a large seat of power running America um, right up until 9-11. And my belief is that 9-11 was the backstabbing of Jews through an alliance with the Saudis against the Texas oil conglomerate who felt like they were in control of the U.S. military industrial complex when they actually stopped being at that time. So you're Uh, saying 9-11 was Jews stabbing the Texas oil conglomerate in the back by way of with the Saudis and all that shit. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, taking control of the CIA and basically putting the the Texans, like the American seat of power, like uh, George W. Bush, his relationship with the CIA, that kind of thing. They usurped the CIA, built a relationship with the Saudis and turned on their American, like white counterparts so that they could take full power and control of the U.S., which clearly has happened since 2001. Real quick, Um, I just want to say what's up to Southern Nordic. Hey, how are you, brother? Thanks for stopping by, man. Yeah, so the very last on that, uh, Castro had upset the oil businesses with explorations and exports going against the interests of the U.S. These same names, those, all those same people are also believed to have reunited in the assassination of President Kennedy. Right. So then you're seeing 
Jews again playing commie Cuban power and like what became like uh, Russian and Stalinist power after he kicked the Jews out, right? Playing that seat of power off of the American seat of power, right? All in the interest of being able to steal um, the nuclear plans, which they did, which was um, Robert uh, Maxwell, this father of Ghislaine Maxwell, a Mossad agent who stole the plans for nuclear weapons, uh, which were forced to be created by the best Nazi scientists post-war. And um, uh, they had their um, nuclear um, sort of um, caches in Domena in uh, the Middle East, in, in Israel. And uh, so President Kennedy had become aware of this and was ordering um, inspections uh, so to keep the Israelis from having nuclear arms. And that's uh, like said to be why... He was killed. And there's also like uh, ties into um, unions and things of that nature. So we could, there's a little a little offshoot into Jimmy Hoffa that we'll get to after this, too. Right on. So is, is that the end of those that list? Yeah. Of yeah, I guess the, they're, they're a little less important, but uh, maybe we'll just really fast do another little sidetrack into um, Arnold Rothstein just to give a little like pre context of of. Um, of what um, Meyer Lansky was able to do. Um, so really quick, uh, historians, this is a jewishvirtuallibrary.org. So this is Jews to Jews, just for the record. Um, historians speculate that Jews comprise half of the nation's leading bootleggers and that Jewish gangsters like Meyer Lansky and Bugsy Siegel dominate organized crime of certain cities. Of course, with the largest Jewish population, New York produced the largest number of Jewish gangsters. Kingpin of New York, Jewish underworld, was not a street-tough gangster, but a refined gambler, Arnold Rothstein. Uh, according to Rockaway, Rothstein is recognized as the pioneer of big business of organized crime in the United States. So um, Meyer Lansky was his uh, protege, right? Um, uh, Leo Katcher described Rothstein as the J.P. Morgan of the underworld, its banker and master strategist. Uh, Meyer Lansky, a man of some intelligence himself, observed Rothstein had the most remarkable brain. He understood business. and Yeah, they called him the brain. Yeah, they called Lansky the brain eventually. He really stole, almost stole Rothstein's identity. Was, was it Rothstein yeah. they called the brain? Or yeah, it was, it was Arnold. They called him Arnold the Brain Rothstein. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Rothstein was born with a business pedigree. His father, wealthy businessman Abraham Rothstein, was dubbed by New York Governor Al Smith, Abe the Just, a pious man with a reputation for philanthropy and honesty. Yeah, right. Uh Rossi served as the chairman of the board of New York's Beth Israel Hospital. His older son became a rabbi, right? So these guys were all buried in Orthodox Jew cemeteries. So, like, let's not get to, like, the thing of, like, Jews don't observe, right? And, like, these evil Jews aren't part of, like, the Orthodox community and shit. They are, right? Uh, uh, I actually read a thing. I don't have it. I didn't save it because I didn't think it was worth saving. But I, I read a thing that was fucking hilarious, and it was the uh, – a lot of these Jewish gangsters, like, didn't practice all of the time. Like, they weren't, like, uh, strict adherents, but they would all come to, to synagogue or whatever for for Yom Kippur. Yeah. <laughs> they all show up for Yom Kippur. <laughs> I fucking died laughing. I was like, of course they do. Yeah, dude, they all like, show up for Yom Kippur. Yeah, so they're, they're all on the same team, right, representing uh, each other. So, um yeah, by 1912, uh, Rothstein was a millionaire from uh, the profits of his gambling parlors and racetracks. Uh, with gambling as his base, Rothstein had access to the cash and political protection needed to make big deals in many other spheres, notably bootlegging. 
He was among the first to purchase fine liquor in England, smuggle it to America by the boatload, and distribute it to the speakeasies and blind pigs, replace uh, legal taverns during Prohibition. Uh, Rothstein did not stay in liquor smuggling for long. The business was too decentralized for him to control, right? So he had a plan to get that back, right? And he did. Uh, and the profit margins were small, blah, blah, blah. Uh, turned to narcotics smuggling, uh, a less competitive business, more lucrative. Um, let's just get quickly to uh, the Black Sox scandal. So nothing Rothstein accomplished in his life of gambling, uh, and dealing drugs compares, however, with his fixing of the World Series, the Black Sox scandal of 1919. 1919 being the end of World War II, right? So this kicked off, World War I, pardon me, it kicked off the era, right? And it really colored the, the, um, the, the tone of things at that time as extremely corrupt uh, from the underworld. So in 1919, baseball was truly America's pastime because they considered themselves grossly underpaid by team owners Charles Comiskey, eight members of the uh chicago white Sox led the first baseman i believe they're called the black Sox, but anyway led by first baseman chick gandal conspired to lose the world series to the cincinnati team if they could find a gambler willing to pay them to lose gandal approached abe at atel a former featherweight boxing championship bat champion who fought under the name the little hebrew <laughs> <laughs> and who in retirement served as Arnold Rothstein's bodyguard. Gandal told Attell that for $10,000, he could guarantee that his teammates would lose to lose Cincinnati. By most accounts, Rothstein rejected Attell's initiative, sensing that Attell wanted to build in his own reputation as an important gambler. Gambler Rothstein apparently did arrange, though, another intermediary to pay the White Sox players $80,000 on the condition that they lose. They did, and Rothstein made a significant sum betting against Chicago. In 1921, the eight players were convicted of fraud and banned from baseball. Abe Attell was convicted trying to fix those series of trying to fix the series. Rothstein, who never met the players and could honestly say that he never approved Attell's scheme, testified in his own behalf and was acquitted. Um, so lastly, in 1928, fellow gambler shot Rothstein. True to the underworld code, he died several days later without revealing his assailant's name. Historian Rockaway reports, out of respect for the older Rothstein, Arnold received an Orthodox Jewish funeral with the renowned Orthodox rabbi Leo Young delivering the eulogy. Mm. This is from the American Jewish Historical Society, for the record. Jews to Jews. Yeah, I saw a couple of, uh, on, on a couple of, the, like, um, uh, my, my Jewish learning or some shit. I saw a couple different articles about these Jewish mafia members on different Jew sites so yeah they do uh they obviously they church it up you know what I mean uh and yep. try to make it not as brutal and disgusting as it actually was but they do yeah. tend to acknowledge it a little bit but, yeah you um, got to read through the lines a little bit to see when you know the nature of the Jew you can see like how they actually went about it versus like what the Jew is saying or like how the Jew is describing they went about it which is like you say it's like a little churched up a little a little cleaned up Real quick before we get into it, I'm going to pick up right where uh, Rothstein left off and Lansky picked up right after we say big thank you to Brother Gaines. Uh, he says, miss you, brother. Uh, I was on Blood Satellite Podcast. Yes, I need to talk. I need to listen to that. I haven't got a chance. You sent me the thing, and I'm going to listen to it. I just haven't had a chance yet. Uh, most of the time I'm listening to podcasts, it's like uh, prep. <laughs> Right? I'm I'm listening to shit about stuff we're going to talk about on the show or something. But I will listen to it, and I'm glad you got on there. I've actually heard about that a couple times now. You're the like the second or third person that that Blood Satellite podcast has come up uh, in conversation with. So thank you uh, for the, the library coin thing. I miss you too, Bubba. We will hang out soon. Uh, I need to have you over for dinner again. 
Uh, yes, I would love to come on Feddington Post, and I would love to have Feddington Post come on here. So anytime, brother. Uh, Face of Flint, thank you very much. He says, hail all, and hit that fire button. Yes, please hit the fire button. Thank you very much for the donation, guys. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Face of Flint, Gaines, White Supreme Pizza, Heb Watch, and Fire of Pain. Thank you all very, very much for the donations. Greatly appreciated. I, I sometimes give Maraku a little hard time on Telegram, so I just wanted to tell him I love him, and I don't mean it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so... Now, yeah, and so Lansky goes on to pick up right where uh, Rothstein leaves, left, left off. In, by 1936, he had established ga gambling operations in Florida, New Orleans, and Cuba. The gambling operations were successful as they were uh, founded upon the, excuse me, the gambling operations were successful because they were founded on two innovations. First, Lansky and his connections and technical expertise to manage the them effectively based on Lansky's knowledge of mathematical odds of the most popular wagering games. Second, his mob connections, as well as uh, bribing law, the ability to bribe law enforcement were used to ensure the, uh, ensure legal and physical security of their establishments from other crime figures in law enforcement. There was no absolute rule of integrity. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. There was also an absolute rule of integrity. They're basically saying here that he made sure that the people weren't getting fucked over. Like the games weren't being rigged. Uh, in any way by the people who worked there. Uh, in 1946, uh, Lansky convinced the Italian mafia to place Bugsy Siegel in charge of Las Vegas and then became a major investor in Siegel's Flamingo Hotel to protect himself from the type of pr prosecution which sent Al Capone to prison for tax evasion and prostitution. Lansky transferred the legal earnings from his growing casino empire into a Swiss bank account where anonymity was insured by the 1934 Swiss Banking Act. Uh, the Federal B Act of Banking and Savings Act is a Swiss federal law act of parliament that operates as a supreme law governing the banking in Switzerland. Although the federal law has only been amended seven times, it has been revised multiple times to limit and expand banking security. Or secrecy, excuse me. Uh, Lansky eventually brought an offshore bank and bought, excuse me, he bought an entire fucking bank. This Jewish criminal bought an offshore bank in Switzerland, so he had his own Swiss bank to launder money in and let his other Jewish... But I wonder if that's still in operation. I wonder which Jew he passed that down to when he fucking died. Uh, Killer Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kanye West. Yeah. Uh, Lansky transferred the illegal earnings from his growing casino empire to... Oh, yeah, 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 we did that. Uh, eventually bought an offshore bank where he used to launder money through a network of shell and holding companies. And here it goes. World War II involvement. In the 1930s, Lansky and his gang stepped outside of their usual criminal activities to break up rallies held by the pro-National Socialist German-American Bund Party. Look at those fire-ass... Uh, let me pull this over here. Look at this fire-ass little thing they had. Where'd that go? Look at how fire that is. Look at that. Huh? Look at how fire that little symbol was back then. German-American bun party. All right, get out of there. Uh, oh, shit. Now I've lost the whole thing. Let me get this pulled back up. <laughs> now I've lost the whole damn yeah. thing. Uh, shit. There we go. Uh, let me get this. 
I had paused the stream, so I, I missed the German-American button image, but that's all right. Keep moving. Uh, where is it? There it is. Oh, look at that. That's fucking beautiful. Damn. Uh, all right, let me get this fucking article pulled back up now. I closed everything out like a retard. Sorry, guys. While you're pulling it up, um, I'll just mention this. I know you don't watch TV, Jaws, so you're not going to know what the fuck I'm talking about, but Seinfeld had an episode where George thwarted a conference at Madison Square Garden of a bunch of Nazis. And this uh, that is a throwback reference to what Meyer Lansky did. Lansky did it through organized crime and the joke on Seinfeld was that the retarded like postmodern Seinfeld morons were like using postmodernism and their bullshit as an in before against like, you know, objective truth, like as if like being a retarded kike in Manhattan is like how you're supposed to see the world. And so they were like kind of like pointing to their own um, kind of blundering uh, subversion of, of white power through their fucking gay TV show on this one episode placing george costanza in the position of meyer lansky i um, to be fair i mean i i, I have I, I did i have watched it i don't know that particular one but i have watched episodes of i've seen some episodes of seinfeld and shit uh but yeah i haven't seen that one in particular yeah yeah there's a whole episode where yeah anyways it's it's literally this story but like like he like thwarts them like through a bunch of blunders you know because like, he's a retard um, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna give you, you didn't have to admit to that. I was, I was gonna give you the respect. Of, <laughs> I'm never telling anybody stars. ever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck, man. Too honest, buddy. You're too honest. Uh, so yeah, gang stepped outside their usual criminal activities to do more domestic terrorist activities. Domestic terrorist activities because the German Bund Party was a legal organization. So they were they were commissioned by the U.S. Uh, government to to commit domestic terrorism against the American Bun Party. Uh, he recalled, a, and this is such a fucking lie. I mean, hard X's to doubt this fucking absurd shit. Listen to the what is it, what do the Jews call it? Cut cut cutchapas cutchapas. Look at the cutchapas. Of this fucking Jaime faggot. Huh? The fucking cut your puzz of this fucking fag. Uh, he recalled a particular rally in Yorkville, a German neighborhood in Manhattan, that he and 14 of his other associates disrupted. The stage was decorated with swastikas and a picture of Adolf Hitler. The speakers started ranting. There were only 15 of us, but we went into action. We threw some of them out of the windows. Most of the Nazis panicked and ran away. We chased after them and beat them up. We wanted to show them that the Jews would not always sit back and accept their insults. Fuck you, you lying Jewish faggot. Have you ever seen the meetings of the American Bund Party? I, I have seen, I have vi actually seen video of the dudes from the American Bund Party bouncing fucking Antifa fags the fuck up out of their meeting. And and you're going to convince me that you and your, and your skeevy little Jewish gang of 14 ragtag kikes ran off the entire bun party? Fuck you. Bullshit. Fuck you. Not a chance in fucking hell. Hard X to fucking doubt. Hard fucking X. Matter of fact, we're going to go ahead and do that real quick. Let's pull up the American. Let's pull up a picture of the bun real quick. 
Yeah, these rat fucks only they were only a part of what the pressure against the Bund was. Like they got it from cops in every city they were in. They got their families harassed. They got the CIA, they had the FBI, they had um like local police, they had uh I believe at certain points they even brought in the uh the military in like Minneapolis to to go against the silver shirts, brown shirts got it bad in New York City. Um and yeah, eventually they lost um, support once the war started. Uh, it was like really un-American, right? So you the think, majority of Americans stopped look, supporting. Look at this fucking picture. You think little Maya, you think little Maya Sukalakowitz or whatever the fuck his name is and his, and his homosexual band of Jewish miscreants ran off that crowd of strong white men? I fucking doubt it. I That's fucking, fucking doubt lies, it. Unless, they, unless there was like three of them. Right. And that's probably what actually happened. There's probably like three members of the bun party, like having a drink somewhere in a cafe and these fucking Jews attacked him. Right. The Sham Rim or whatever the fuck it's called fucking goes and attacks these guys while they're just trying to have a fucking peaceful drink. That's probably either that or it's just a, a total lie. Either it never happened and, and they never chased off any national socialist or they had them. I, I bet even three strong national socialists kicks the shit out of these fucking 14 Jews. Yeah, good chance, bro. I mean, if there was, yeah, I don't even want to go with the tough Jew narrative. These Jews were fucking rats, bro. Yeah, they're I not mean, tough. They're, they're... Jews either like he brought, he didn't bring Jews with him. He brought Italians or whatever, whoever 100%. he could find. And know? not only that, they're not tough. They're they're brutal, right? There's a big difference, right? You can be a coward and a pussy and a weak person and still be brutal when you finally get the. Matter of fact, I would say that weaker people are more brutal when they finally get the upper hand. Right? Right. Right. So that's why they are so savage and brutal and they like dismember bodies and do all kinds of weird shit because they know they're weaker. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to address the entire giant hockey conversation going on in the chat. It's a total aside to what we're talking about, which I appreciate you guys, but like come on. Let's let's focus here. So <laughs> Oh, there's a hockey con you know, I have my shit uh <laughs> I'm just I'm just fucking around, I but also I feel like left out of the hockey conversation. I can't have it right now because we're doing something else. So, <laughs> well, maybe we'll do a whole other show on hockey and we can all discuss it together. Fucking guys, <laughs> just kidding. So during World War II, Lansky was also instrumental in helping the Office of Naval Intelligence, Operation Underworld in which the government recruited criminals to watch out for German infiltrators and submarine board saboteurs. Lansky helped arrange a deal with the government via a high-ranking United States Navy official. The deal secured the release of Luciano from prison. In exchange, the, the mafia would provide security for the warships that were being built along the docks in the New York Harbor. German submarines were sinking Allied ships in great numbers along the eastern seaboard, and the Caribbean coast, and there was a great fear of attack and sabotage by National Socialist sympathizers. Lansky connected the ONI with Luciano, who reportedly instructed Joseph Lanza. Uh-oh. Maybe maybe Sandy Hook was a <laughs> maybe Sandy Hook was fake. We've got Joseph Lanza. This is Adam Lanza's great grandfather. Oh shit! Working with the Jewish fucking <laughs> with these Jewish motherfuckers. Just a family of rats, eh? Oh, yeah, just a family of rats. Look, here's Joseph Socks Lanza, Adam Lanza's great-grandfather, uh, carrying water for Jewish criminals. <laughs> These motherfuckers, bro. Uh, fuck. Um, 
to, uh, instructed Joseph Lanza to prevent sabotage on the New York waterfront. Then we move on to the uh, Flamenco. We're going to get through this, and then we're going to go to break. Uh, Lansky attended a secret meeting in Havana, which is called the Havana Conference, held in 1946, uh, where the mafia and uh, so the 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 you the crime syndicate thing that that Luciano them had built had and uh and the Costa Nostra which was just strictly an Italian thing of like just five families those are two separate things that is something we got to establish here uh so the Italians did have La Costa Nostra which was like our little thing or whatever the fuck it means and that was um separate from what we're talking about here right the majority yes. of the the famous mobsters you hear about are from this uh national crime syndicate that Luciano started, right? Uh, you know, Al Capone, Bugsy Siegel, uh, so on and so forth. I can't think of them all right now. All these people we fucking named. It's all the people they make movies about and shit. Uh, almost all of them are a part of this Jewish mafia coalition. Um, yeah, and eventually, like, like what we saw basically yesterday in the movie was there was there was that coalition. And you, you correct me if I'm wrong. I, I might be having this timeline messed up, but the coalition occurred from the the Nucky Thompson. Um, conference and then later uh, Lansky and Luciano were able to unite all the Italian families and put Jews on the board so they effectively usurped control of them as well I think that's what's happening right now I think this is what's the Havana yeah. conferences so the way yes. I understand it is we had the uh, Atlantic City conference which was which was what solidified all of the gangs outside of the five families in the Costa Nostra as one syndicate, one union of crime, uh, organized crime. Then, so that happened in 29. Then in 31, uh, I forget the guy's name, but uh, an Italian mob boss called together the five Italian families that would only fuck with Italians, no outside blood, right? And they formed La Costa Nostra, right? And that was separate from Luciano's deal. And then now, in the Havana Conference, which we're about to talk about right now, uh, both the crime, the National Crime Syndicate and Costa Nostra come together in Havana to have this meeting. Uh, so, uh, yes, see, I was just kidding, hockey bros, too. You guys can talk about hockey, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Lansky attended a secret meeting in Havana to discuss Siegel's management of the fl Flamingo. Uh, oh, shit. No, sorry. We're supposed to be at the Havana meeting now. I've lost my fucking place. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is back on the Flamingo. Oh, fuck. Now I've lost it. Give me just a second, guys. So, okay, uh, so here we go. Havana Conference was held on December 22nd, 1946 at Ho Hotel Nacional. This was the full, the first full-scale meeting of the American underworld leaders since the Chicago meeting in 32. Present were such figures as Joe Adonis, Albert the Anastasia, Frank Costello, uh, Joseph Bonanno, Vito Genovese, Mo Dalitz, Thomas Lucchesi, uh, Santo Traficant, Carlos Marciello, Stefano Magadino, um, the Fischetti brothers, Trigger Happy Charlie, and, and Rocco Fischetti. 
Uh, and then Lansky, Mo Dallas, and Dandy, Phil Castle. Uh, Real quick, too. Lansky's brother was the manager of this hotel. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Lan- and then it says, Lancey attended the secret meeting in, ha- in Havana in 1946 to discuss Siegel's management of the Flamingo Hotel, which was running far behind schedule and costing Siegel's mafia investors a great deal of money. While the other bosses wanted to kill Siegel, Lansky begged them, begged them to give his friend a second chance. Despite this reprieve, Siegel continued to lose money on the Flamingo. A second man- meeting was called. By this time the meeting occurred, the casino had turned, into, had turned a small profit. Lansky, with Luciano's support convinced the other investors to give Siegel more time. When the hotel started losing money again, other investors decided that Siegel was finished. It was widely believed that Lansky himself was compelled to give the final okay on eliminating Siegel due to his long relationship with him and his stature in the organization. On June 20th, 1947, Siegel was shot and killed in Beverly Hills. 20 minutes after Siegel, after the Siegel hit, Lansky's associates, including Gus Greenbaum and uh, Mo Sedway, walked into the Flamingo and took control of the hotel. According to the FBI, Lansky retaliated a substantial, I'm sorry, retained, excuse me, a substantial financial interest in the Flamingo for the next 20 years. Lansky said in several interviews later that his life, uh, later in his life, excuse me, that it had been up to him, Benny Siegel, or Ben Siegel would be alive today. Siegel's death marked a power transfer in Vegas from New York's five families to the Chicago outfit. Although his role was considerably more restrained than previous years, Lansky is believed to have both advised and aided Chicago boss Tony Accarado in initially establishing his hold. So there we go, guys. We're going to go to break, and on the other side of this, we're going to come back and talk about some of this stuff that we just talked about in a little bit further detail and get into talking about Murder, Inc. and shit like that, guys. I hope you all have enjoyed the show so far. Uh, I really enjoy talking about this shit. This shit is fascinating to me. Uh, and real quick, a Wallums, thank you very much. She says, great stream so far, boys. Went down the Dutro. Oh, my God. Uh, Wallums, I will send you. So me and Southern Nordic, Southern Nordic God, I hope you're still here. Me and Southern Nordic did a great three-part series on um, the Dutro affair. We went through the X dossiers and everything. Uh, I will try to put a link to that in the chat during break if I have time. Thank you very much, Wallens, for your donation. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thank you for being here. Brother Night Nation, I just now saw that. You're backstage. Let me pull you in, and then we're going to go to break. What's up, Brother Night Nation? Uh, you sound weird. We got some. I can hear myself coming through someone's fucking speakers hardcore. One of you guys need to mute your mic. All right, guys, we're going to go to break real quick. Thank you all t- very much to everybody who's donated. Wallums. Uh, who else we got here? Wallum, Night Nation, Face of Flint. Uh, Night Nation, can you mute your mic? Something's like we got like some feedback or something going on there. Uh, France. Gaines. You're good. White Supreme Pizza. Heave Watch. Fire of Pain. Thank you all very, very much for all the donations. I greatly, greatly appreciate all those guys. We're going to go to break and we will be. Hey, Roan Wood. What's up, buddy? Thank you very much. We're going to go to break and we will be right 
pack. Thank you all very much for being here. God bless your family. Just perform every evil on this planet. You know, they're behind every evil thing that goes on. And they control the banking system, and that's what you're talking about, world economics. And that's by, their, by that means to control the world. Shit, still got the gear bubble up. <laughs> yeah, uh, go check out the gear bubble, guys. Got a lot of fucking, uh, a lot of cool shit in there. I think y'all enjoy it. So, uh, let me get the guys unmuted so y'all can hear them. Uh, Night Nation's joining us. Night Nation, we got you, brother. Hey, what's up, boys? What's up, brother? What's up, buddy? We got Aquila back there. What's up, chat? All right, so, um, before we went to break, where were we at? We had just finished, uh, where were we at, Akila? We had just finished Lansky. Um, we were at the Havana Conference. Just finished uh, the Havana Conference where they all come together. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so now I want to go a little bit into, I want to go back because I want to read this. Uh, is this it? Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So let me find this little section. I want to read a little bit more about his shit with Batista and his, uh, so this section is called The Nazi Who Became, or I'm sorry, The Mobster Who Became a Nazi Hunter. 
Uh, let's pull this over here. I don't like reading over here because it makes me look like I'm looking off screen, but whatever. Uh, before and during World War II, Meyer Lansky's organization of Italian and Jewish gunmen. So I'm assuming what they're talking about here. I think this is Murder, Inc. Mm-hmm. Right? I think Murder, Inc. were hunting down national socialists in the United States. I think Murder, Inc. were employed as like an American gladio operation to hunt down members of the American Bund Party, and fucking assassinate them. So on top of the the rallies we just talked about them breaking up, listen to this shit. Uh, So Lansky's uh, organization of Italian and Jewish gunmen often put their skills to use against Nazi sympathizers in the United States. Lansky was therefore prepared when the American government approached him to join the World War II effort. Lansky was too old and small by 41 to enlist, which he had attempted to do, but the U.S. Naval Forces had another job waiting for him. Lansky and his group of gunmen, who had by now created a reputation as Nazi hunters on the streets of Manhattan, followed up on tips from the U.S. Navy and FBI, which concerned potential Reich sympathizers in a mission fittingly known as Operation Underworld. So the FBI and Navy would give these fucking kikes the names of bunsmen in America, and they would kill them. They would go right. kill them. Uh, no one outside of the FBI knows what happens to these individuals noted in these tips, but it's safe to assume that Lansky's war efforts on the streets proved successful. Basically saying, like, it's safe to, to, to assume that this fucking Jew killed these guys. And then after Landed that... Free, man. Yeah, that's it right there, brother. Uh, that's it right there. And if you think for a minute that didn't come in for us, that kind of action didn't come in for us, you're fucking high. If you think well, for a minute yep. these fucking Jews will not have their fucking Jewish drug dealers and Jewish gangsters, because these, these, the Jewish mafia didn't go away. It's only gotten stronger, if anything. right? They still have Jewish gangsters here. They still have Mossad agents here, and they will absolutely come kill white nationalists, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I hate to to fear monger because uh, you know we're I'm so big. Yeah, it's true. Uh, we're so big on 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 collectivity and stuff and banding together and and being able to try to figure out how to defend ourselves um, in the way that like the German Bund in America clearly failed to do against this fucking brutal like 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 onslaught. Um, but yeah, I mean, if 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 we have it in our head that like you know we're gonna be able to get out of this without any kind of like you know physical intimidation pushback like guys losing their lives guys getting banned and disappeared like this um you know there's no way to gain power and move up in 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 north america without banging up against you know this type of thing right and then leaders taking bribes them taking over unions um so then you know you get guys who are union guys uh who who have loyalties to their unions over over their race um is is the the challenges and the way they've atomized us it runs really fucking deep and there's violence behind it and it's not just police it's street violence so like things like anyways i shouldn't say this but fuck it like like hell's angels these type of people um in canada and and uh, a lot of the different organized crime groups they're not friendly necessarily to our ideas um and the other thing is they'll they'll, they'll you know no, uh, they'll take money and and this kind of thing to to just execute other people's interests and plans 
So it's a dangerous situation we find ourselves in. Well, specifically the uh, Mongols and um, I don't know much about the Hells Angels, but I know for a fact the Mongols are a like an anti-fascist biker group. Yeah. The Mongols are super anti-white. They're super like diversity. There are niggers in there, like gangbanger niggers. They're like fucking Mexicans. Uh, the Mongols are super anti-white. Um, now the Hell's Angels have had some history of being like a you know racist, yeah. I guess, and some, but also some like, are some are friendly you know, and stuff to our ideas. Like a but chapter like, deal, It'd be chapter by chapter basis, kind of. Deal. Yeah, that's kind of how it, how it works. Yeah. yeah, and their interests, if their interests get affected, like if their money gets hurt, like if they get threatened to get cut out of certain things or this and that, then you know they're not their loyalties. I mean, I, I hope to fuck that's not true. Like, if it's not true, God bless you guys, fuck. But, you know, aside from that, like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a large concern, you know what I mean, for, for regular people who are trying to get involved in what we do. Um, and so it just, it just reinforces, like, the notion that we need to be collective. In Canada, like, it's tough. Like, we don't have guns anymore and stuff like that. Like, you, 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 get, you get charges if you try and defend yourself. Like, can't defend your home, can't do shit. Like, so it's, it's, it's a tough situation. I'm hoping in the States it's like a little better, but it's going to devolve over time. And, and through that time period, we have to build collectivity. Uh, I was talking about this on, on NNR, uh, you know, about a week ago, but it's like, we have to become a plurality within our own plurality, right? So that the majority of our people believe and agree with our politics until we get to that point, we're very, very vulnerable. And when we get to that point, we have a lot of influence and a lot of power. Um, and then we can kind of like build back hierarchies and infrastructure um, within our own group. Um, so, you know, it's a long haul. But, you know, if you're climbing a mountain, you just go to the checkpoint. You look checkpoint to checkpoint. You don't go look at the top of the mountain. So just do the work. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so speaking of this... Uh group of Italian and Jewish um, hitmen that were Nazi hunters. Let's talk about Murder, Inc. for a minute. So here we've got some some photos we're going to look at, and then we're going to read through this article. This is 33 photos of Lipke's Murder, Inc., the mob's most brutal hit squad. So this was uh, this guy, uh, Lepke or whatever the fuck his name is. Here, let me share the screen with you guys so you guys can see what's going on. Uh... This was uh, him, Bugsy Siegel. It was this guy, Lepke, uh, Bugsy Siegel. The guy we just, Meyer Lansky, uh, Anastasia, and a couple, like a bunch of other Jews uh, involved in this murder ink here. And we are going to, let me get that pulled up. There y'all go. Uh, let's look through these photos real quick. Remember we were talking about at the beginning of this, how, these Jews use brutality to uh, feign strength because they know they're weak. And and here's just a bunch of them being absolutely gruesome Jews. Uh, this is Lepke himself. Uh, oh, it's as he's being handcuffed. He's being arrested here. Uh, there's a body they burned. Um, the burnt body of Irving Feinstein set on fire by Murder, Inc. killer Harry Strauss and Martin Goldstein and left exposed in a parking lot. This is October 5th, 1938, excuse me. Uh, There is a picture of uh, the known members of Murder, Inc. 
Um, nine of the most important men in Murder Inc. stand side by side in a police lineup. This photo was taken uh, while this photo was taken. Monster Jacob Shapiro was snarling at the police. You can't do nothing to us. There's another person. Yeah. You can't do nothing to us, Goy. The dead body of Joseph Rosen, a candy shop owner who was killed in his own store. Rosen's death would ultimately lead to the downfall of Murder, Inc. Their leader, Louis Lepke Buckalter, would be convicted of this murder and sentenced to death. Uh, This was September 1936. Uh, There is Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover, arresting uh, Buckalter. J. Edgar Hoover, the fucking tranny. Yeah, the weird sex pervert. Cross-dressing faggot. Jagger, who were the weird sex pervert. The dead body of Walter Sage. Sage was a New York racketeer who ran afoul of the mob. He was hacked to, de- hacked to death with an ice pick and tied to a slot machine and left in public as a warning. New York City, 1937. Uh, this is uh, infamous Jewish-American gangster Dutch Schultz sitting outside the courtroom waiting for a trial for uh, tax evasion. Uh, Schultz upset Murder, Inc. and the rest of the New York underworld by attempting to order a hit on his prosecutor. <laughs> they were afraid his executor would turn police against organized crime figure- figures. Schultz was killed not long after. Uh, the crime scene where Dutch Schultz was shot. Dutch Schultz, a member of Murder, Inc. up until this point. Uh, there he is dying in his hospital bed. There's Dutch Schultz, the Jew, dying. Uh, members of Murder, Inc., Living old, look at them. Members of Murder, Inc., just old and fat. Living old and fat and rich. A bunch of murderous, domestic terrorist Jews just living to be old and fat with their fat yenta wives. Infuriating. Disgusting. Just really quick, i just take a little quick diversion. Notorious Mr. D's in chat. Um, I just want to say, just, like, don't encourage Canadian people to break gun laws, please, because, like, that's what fucking... Uh, raging fucking dissident is doing it's a huge fed op that I'm he's trying to pull so glad and, you uh, said that yeah i just don't want to be part of that at all i don't want my guys going away and taking risks that they shouldn't be taking um and just that like there's a little another little allusion to like a, a violent thing against a jew so like let's just be a little careful because um like up here like i'm on air and I'm not trying to catch a case for what goes on in chat. So let's yeah, just not only that, like we never, careful. I we never have, and I never will really police speech here. But guys, come on, man, let's let's think. I had to ban a guy from my fucking Telegram chat <clears throat> because I had never seen this dude before, and he posed. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something about. Uh, I like to call myself a domestic terrorist sometimes, and he goes on this long wall text, and he goes, so uh, basically by proxy that makes this a domestic terrorist chat. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, even if you're joking around, why the fuck would you put that in my chat? And 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 have all like, why? You know what I mean? Like, let's let's be a little bit smarter than that, guys. Like, let's don't talk about murdering people and being domestic terrorists and shit like that because there are absolutely people watching this stream and, and my chats and yeah. stuff, man. So don't. That's do not shit cool, like, man. Yeah, that's not cool, man. Because y'all are gonna fuck around and get me jammed up, not y'all. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, like openly calling, and I know there was nobody in this chat right now. This is somebody on Telegram being an asshole, saying all kinds. No, I, of I was just alluding to like notorious Mister D saying uh, something that I felt was related to what I had said about Canadian gun laws. So if I'm misinterpreting that, no sweat, dude. I just want to throw that out there like that. 
because uh, yeah like johnny said it like guys get a little loose and they'll say some things sometimes maybe it's not intentional but you just don't realize the implications of what you're saying so we try to be careful um and you know if you listen to uh, me on nnr that other time recently too i'm talking about like not necessarily disavowing like accelerationism or these types of like whatever you know if a front-facing group of people um you know needs to have a little bit of optics it's nice in those environments to try and like play along with that even though you might understand what how we actually feel about things generally it's like just we we're smart we're trying to be smart we're smart so let's all try to do that together it's a nice nice helpful thing it's it's also this thing that people really do kind of get the sense that like they're hanging out with just their buddies but the problem is is it's it's a lot of buddies and there's at least two or three nasties you know from commies to fucking feds to whatever kind of 8200 whatever they are they're not your friend and they're here to cause trouble and they're here to get people jammed up and get people in trouble. That's their whole fucking thing. And uh, you got to just be careful. You know, there's a, there's a feeling that we're in somebody's living room, but it just ain't the case, you know? Yeah. And the reality is like, I like the way I live, like I'm a fucking citizen. It doesn't mean that like I'm a bitch, but I'm a good citizen. I don't fucking break the law. I don't do anything wrong ever. Um, And so like, I have to stand on that. Like I have to, I have to like be able to say that, um and so i do encourage like everybody to try and be in that position because you know it keeps us having the moral high ground and the moral high ground and Mm. our credibility at this point is all we have we live off it and survive off it right now so um yeah just in general like you know we're not murdering (laughs) we're not we're not these fucking kikes who are gonna be able to go shoot up the streets and then live out our long years with our fat disgusting get the wives and make millions and hide them in fucking banks that we buy and shit like this we need to spend a lot of time building white power before we're insular in any way shape or form so um let's work on that you know notorious you're fine brother no worries yeah yeah no stress buddy no worries at all man so this is the body of George Rudnick, uh, accused of being a police informant. Uh, he got a, got him a visit from Harry Mione and Frank Abinando of Murder, Inc. in New York City, May 25th, 1937. Uh, this is the body of George Rudnick. Oh, that's the same guy after he was pulled out of the car. God damn, it looks like they blew his chest out with a shotgun or something. Uh a notorious here's the notorious Jewish American gangster, uh, Murder Inc. co-founder Benjamin Bugsy Siegel, nineteen twenty-eight. There's Mad Dog Call. That's an Irish dude. He's a bad motherfucker. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't know he was a part of. Uh, I didn't see him on the list of Murder Inc. Which one? Uh, which which one is he in the picture on the left? Yeah, left of the uh, screen. I believe he's right here. Yeah. 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 Uh, Harry Mil- Harry Millman, former big shot mobster in Detroit, shot dead after a visit from Murder, Inc. in Chicago in 1937. Uh, that's Al Capone and Mindy Wise, Emmanuel Mindy Wise. Maybe that's not Al Capone. It says Louis Capone. I thought that, is that Al Capone? Louis Capone and Emmanuel Mindy Wise, two killers for hire. Uh... Jewish American gangster and Motor Inc. co-founders Meyer Lansky sits down at a gathering with notorious mafioso Charles Lucky Luciano. This is somewhere between 1930 and 1940. Just, oh, I think we already went through. Oh, no. We already did see the Rosen murder, but here is Abraham Rellis. 
There's another one, another picture of the same dude. Same dude. Oh, this motherfucker's got ads. What the fuck? There's another one of Bugsy Siegel. You know who this motherfucker looks like right here? He looks like uh the the dad from American Pie. What's his name? Oh yeah, he does look like that dude, uh, doesn't he? What's his fucking his name? That's what he looks like. Ah, dad from American Pie. There's Buck Alter. Buck Alter, Mindy Weiss, and Philip Cohen. These are all the members of Murder Inc. There's uh, Buck Alter when he found out he's going to get the death sentence. The guy with the Thompson machine gun is a cop. There's Abraham Pretty Levine, <clears throat> another contract Oof. killer for Murder Inc. There's Meyer Lansky. John Lascano, Locasio, Locasio, maybe. Yeah, Eugene Levy was the dude. The father from American Pie is Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy, yeah. This is the this is Bugsy Siegel's house torn to shit after they broke in trying to find him and kill him. Uh, wow, there's there's Bugsy Siegel, shot dead with an M1 carbine. Through the window, right in his fucking eye, dude. What a shot! Yeah, M- M1 Savage. I think is is three oh eight, and that's that's crazy. Man, look at that one shot, three holes, blink, blink, blink. Looks like they got him in the cheek, and it went through his eyes, blew his eyes out. Son of a bitch. There's uh, Anastasia after he got shot in the barber shop. Benjamin Siegel, huh? There we go. So there's all the... Oh, shit. There's all the pictures. Now let's get on into the fucking uh, article itself. Holy shit. Am I going to have to go back through all these? Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, while you're getting to that, John, there's a little piece I wanted to go back to as well. A uh, little blurb linking these motherfuckers to um, Jimmy Hoffa. So, um, uh, Mo Dalitz uh, owned a chain of laundries and dry cleaners in the Midwest, including Cleveland's pioneer linen supply company. Dalitz met Hoffa, who was rising through the ranks of the local Teamsters Union in the mid 1930s through Hoffa's uh, mistress, Sylvia Pagano, in 1949. So post-war, I understand, like, you know, that was the same year, if I'm not mistaken, 48, 49 was the year Israel was established. So that's when they started making inroads, like, past the levels of street climb and into, like, like, like uh, unions and then later on into banks and levels of government, right? Through the unions, they leveraged themselves up into the levels of government, um, it's my understanding as well that a lot of Lansky's money was behind um, Philip, whatever the fuck his name is, Kike, who started the Moral Majority, like the Christians, Christian Zionist movement in the early 80s, um, which turned into like a lot of what we see now in as a, basically the Republican Party, right? And that was one of the ways they got um, the uh, Texas oil conglomerate on their side. Like it was almost this religion sort of funded through like Jewish power and Texas oil money, um, where the where the the uh, Texas oil um, oligarchs could get votes, consistent votes from um, American Christians, 
through sort of being Zionists. Um, and this was very subversive to anything we could have done in like the 90s and uh, led into what I was alluding to earlier about uh, September 11th, right? So um, just to finish that up, um, in 1949, when Teamsters threatened to strike the Detroit Cleaners Association, Dallas dry cleaning racket intervened and slipped off uh, off a seventeen thousand five hundred dollars to get the union off his back. Um, so he was in bed with them. He knew who these guys were, and it led to Jack Ruby, who a Jew, being paid to kill him, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. So, all right. Well, now we should have. Negro, you should have saved that for after this. Because now I want to get back to the, the Murder, Inc. thing. Uh, so here is is uh, Meyer Lansky's Nazi hunters, in my opinion. This is my personal opinion that these same group of people we're about to talk to right here are the same group of people that the FBI and the Navy were giving the names of American bunsmen and having them assassinated. Murder, Inc. was formed by notorious Jewish gangster Meyer Lansky and Benjamin Bugsy Siegel and run by Louis Lepke Buckalter, a New York racketeer who figured out that he could make even more money by contracting out killers to the Sicilian mob. He set up shop inside a Rosie's Gold candy store, a Brooklyn shop that catered to children through the front door and killers through the back. A killer working for Lepke uh, could count on 100000 or I'm sorry, 1000 to 5000 per job, as much as $70,000 today, depending on the target. Some made a small fortune off of it. The hit squad's mostly, most prolific killer, Harry Strauss, a Jew, signed on for at least 100 jobs on his own, making enough to live comfortably through the rest of his life and single-handedly putting a minor dent in the population of New York City. From Strauss on down, the killers were brutal. They just didn't shoot their targets. They aimed to leave a message. They hacked up the bodies of their victims with meat cleavers and ice picks. One man was set on fire and left in a lot. That's the guy we just showed you the picture of. Another was strapped to a slot machine. We talked about that just a minute ago. Uh, Murder, Inc.'s reign of terror ran, ran on like this throughout New York City until 1940. By then, they were so bold that they'd pull off their killings in broad daylight, uh, sure that no one would even try to stop them. Things came to an end, however, when one of their contract killers ratted them out to police. Uh, Abraham Kid Twist Relis, a former Murder, Inc. assassin, found himself in a police interrogation box charged with multiple murders and realized that the only way out of it was to tell officers everything that they wanted to know about Lepke and his organization. Working off of Relis' tips, the New York police arrested Lepke and some of his most prolific killers. The mob hitmen who terrorized New York City were taken off the streets, most to face the electric chair at Sing Sing Prison in upstate New York. After 10 years of tyranny and a thousand bloody body bags, Murder, Inc. had come to an end. But they didn't go away without one last job. On November 12, 1941, the first day of the trial, Rayla's dead body was found outside the hotel room, crushed from a six-story fall out his hotel window. It was one last message from Murder, Inc. Basically, that message was they're not gone, right? <laughs> they're still doing their thing. Uh, yeah, so there it is, man. <clears throat> There's the Murder, Inc. thing. So that's what I think. Uh, that's who I think they, I think the, the remnants of Murder, Inc. went on to be these Nazi hunters uh, with fucking Lansky and his fucking group of Jews. I think that's true. Yeah, it's exactly what happened, bro. Um, you know, I, I'm just in this article here, and uh, they're talking about um, the movie Lansky that you were speaking about, that your parents knew about there. Yeah. Um, and so that was written by uh, Professor Rockaway, who was a professor at Tel Aviv uh, University. Um, 
and uh, they call it here uh, violent but more philosophical film treatment, um, sort of featuring uh, Lansky's efforts to lend his power to combat a period of threatening anti-Semitism and Nazism in the United States, as well as to support the fledgling Jewish state of Israel. Um, goes on to kind of talk about during the uh, pre-World War II decades, attacks on Jews became rather virulent in parts of the country, right? So uh, several, this, it's possible, but also not justification for these motherfuckers doing what they did in our in our country. So um, several religious broadcasters in the Midwest openly targeted Jews as undesirable and the brown shirts in New York and silver shirts in Minneapolis attacked Jews in the streets. Though not religiously observant, several Jewish gangsters noted the lack of strong response from organized Jewish leadership and decided to step up to protect Jewish communities. So they're trying to separate it out, and it wasn't separate, right? And they're trying to put it on the actions of, of whites in our spaces, but we know what Jews were doing. So it's a bit of bullshit. Uh, first, upon the request of New York State Judge Nathan Perlman. Okay, think about that. First, upon the request of New York State Judge Nathan Perlman, Lansky was asked to break up the rallies of the German-American Bund in New York City, provided that Lansky's toughs would not kill anyone, as you stated already. We're kind of going back through this, but uh, Lansky would have preferred to knock off some American Nazis, but he agreed and further advised uh, he would take no payment, stating, I was a Jew and felt for those Jews in Europe who were suffering. They were my brothers. Professor Walkaway notes that Nazi arms, legs... So he killed Americans for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nazi arms, legs, and ribs were broken and skulls were cracked, but no one died. Lansky described breaking up one brown shirt rally in Manhattan. Oh, you already kind of went through that. Fuck that. Um, just to reiterate that it really was these dudes. Gambling honcho David Berman, Berman and his allies similarly broke up rallies of the silver shirts in Minneapolis who sought to replicate Hitler's brown shirts in Germany and Mussolini's black shirts in Italy by attacking Jewish communists in America. After three public meetings were violently disrupted, silver shirts halted their campaign to demonize American Jewry. Next, continuing his anti-Nazi efforts during World War II, Lansky led the efforts. Uh, yeah, we kind of already went through this, right? Um, so, you know, uh, further, both Lansky and his partner Bugsy Siegel helped the nascent Jewish state of Israel. One reported meeting took place between Bugsy and uh, Reuven Daphne, the emissary of the Haganah. In 1945, Jews were seeking funds and weapons to liberate Palestine from British control. Bugsy said, you mean to tell me Jews are fighting? You mean fighting as in killing? When told yes, Siegel advised, I'm with you. He quietly provided suitcases full of cash and support. Uh, Siegel, Lansky's boyhood friend, went on to become blah, 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 Jew, famous gangsters, whatever the fuck ever. Uh, Siegel was the youngest member of the gang known as the Vildashaya, Yiddish for wild animal, which engaged in illicit activities like prostitution, gambling, loan sharking, bootlegging, and labor racketeering. Uh, yeah, 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 it goes on and on, you know, establishing uh, Vegas, uh, running the yeah, we went through all that hotel. shit. Yeah. yeah, we already went through all that shit. Yeah, so, uh, real you know, quick. Little... I... Oh, sorry, just really, really quick. Um, uh, over recent decades, Jewish leadership in building um, Las Vegas included not only the Goodmans but also Steve Wynn, the visionary casino creator who was financed by the junk bonds creator created by investment banker and humanitarian Michael Milken. That's a name we know very well, as well as the developers of the world's largest hotel, Jewish philanthropist Sheldon and Dr. Miriam Adelson. Okay, so this goes right up, right? It goes right up to these people. It's all linked together. Adelson funded, is the major funder of Trump's campaign. Yeah, Sheldon so, Adelson, yeah. And he did. He is he, now. 
Yeah, he did. Die. Yeah, now. Yeah, he just died like in the last year or two. Uh, real yeah. quick, I want to point out something else about this. So when you go through this list of, of Murder, Inc. Uh, members, and this is, I don't have any proof for this. I could probably get it if I went through and looked at who all exactly got uh, arrested and, and put to death. But it seems to me that these Jews just hung a bunch of Italians out to dry, and they went on to become Nazi hunters. That's what it looks like to me, because listen to this list of names. We've got Louis Lipke, Jew, Bugsy Siegel, Jew, Albert Anastasia, Jew. Uh, uh, let's see if this guy's a Jew here. It doesn't really say who he, he That sounds fairly uh, Italian. So this is... Abandono, Abandondo, or whatever the fuck you say his name. So we'll just say he's Italian. Uh, Louis Capone, we'll say he's Italian. Frankie Carbo, I think he's Italian. Louis Cohen, Philip Cohen, uh, Isidore Friedman, Martin Goldstein, Hyman Holtz, Louis Kravick, Philip Kovolik. Uh, I think this guy's an Italian. Trippiano, we'll call him Italian. Samuel Levine, Seymour Magoon, Harry Malone, Abe Reyes, Jacob Sapiro, Harry Strauss, Albert Tannenbaum, Benjamin Tannenbaum, Emmanuel Weiss, Whitney Krakow, and Vito Garino. There's literally like four fucking Italian names on this thing. And there's probably six guys that got arrested. The rest of these guys went on to go fucking kill Americans. That's right. I mean, there's no deeper subversion. Right, this is the history of the emergence of Jewish power in America um, and ultimately in the world because these people were Russian Jews, right? Russian Jews were Bolsheviks. They were able to work together with their American cousins to incite the military industrial complex to go along with the Jewish playbook against fascist Germany and fascist Italy. And it's the reason that we live in this shit right now. Um, so they won the street war before they won the world war. Um, and then they took over our different levels of government and continued the infiltration of our institutions. These people, like they were capitalists and capitalists and communists began in this era to really work hand in hand. Right. And neoliberalism, it does enable this, right. It's also a Jewish creation. It's a, it's a psyop cover for communism. And so the Italians who participated kind of represent some of the the white liberals that Gavin likes to, to to point to, right, as part of the problem. It is to a certain extent a part of the problem, but these people are Shabos Goy capitalists who just are out for money. So these are really like as a whole our enemies, right? And and it developed into something very ugly. Now, one thing I will I do want to say is that the children of these people are not like these people, right? They're, they're weak. They're, they run in Antifa circles. They're fucking, um, you know, they're, they're trust fund kids. Uh, they're drug addicts and degenerates, and they don't have the stones that these people have. So they still need, like, you know, white organized crime, whatever elements that have been maintained to enforce their shit. And so... Um, the only thing we need is for white racial solidarity to win out in the end. Um, so everybody hope and pray that that's how it goes. Keep working. Yeah, and I want to uh, correct something. It looks like I misspoke. It does not look like Anastasia was Jewish. He was actually Italian, I think. So five. There were five Italians. I'm sorry, not four. <laughs> there were five Italians. My bad. But yeah, I don't right. think he was a Jew. 
think he was Italian, says here. So, just to be fair. Oh, man. Uh, Tipsy says, thanks, guys, for the show. It's home time. I've run out of my mobile allocate. Oh, right on. Well, thank you for uh, hanging out, brother. Have a great night, man, or great day, whatever time it is in the upside-down world. God bless you, brother. Thanks for hanging out. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, guys, I think that about wraps it up. I mean, uh, for the, the Meyer Lansky part of this, right? Um, Meyer Lansky, Murder, Inc. Um, we could have went a little bit further into, like, each of the other individuals, Bugsy Siegel, and Rothstein, but uh, like I said, they have just as much information on them as Lansky does, so they kind of need their own show. But this was a good overview of the Jewish influence in American organized crime, I think. Yeah, I'd have to say so, man. I mean, we definitely like bounced around a little bit, but uh, in terms of the story, but the stories are consistent, right? They kind of all tie together and you get to see the timeline. Um, so I hope it paints a really clear picture for everybody in the chat um, and everybody who's going to listen after uh, as far as like what actually went on and what it led to. Um, I, I definitely tried to bring it up right up to like 2011 with a little theory about uh texas oil conglomerate cia Mossad, and saudis and that kind of thing so uh keep those things in mind and maybe we get back to uh more of like the 80s and 90s and 2000s leading up to what's gone on since like 2010 um you know even alluding to sheldon adelson funding fucking trump's campaign um and the levels of jewish interest like these people are not different like in terms of the like the older money and the jewish money that that gets passed around these these are like older families and they have they push like the faggot shit they push all kinds of different things that are against white interest in our country so it's it, it all stems from this so i just hope that 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 was made clear i felt like it was good. i felt like it was yeah, uh, yeah bush yeah sorry i didn't realize i'd left myself gone for so long i have to like uh make my camera go away when I want to scratch my face or take a drink or anything because this stupid fucking mask keeps falling off and uh, Jews are trying real hard to fuck with us right now. So I got to be on my P's and Q's. Uh, but yeah, so that's why I went away for a minute. So yeah, guys, thank you all very much for being here. Uh, Brother Night Nation, you got anything you want to say on the way out of here? Nah, I'm just going on a little bit here. Yeah, we got about 10 minutes or so, right? 10, 15 minutes? Yeah, about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so definitely go check out Brother Night Nation. Uh, and definitely, guys, uh, go check out Americana, but I'll get all to, the, get to all that in just a minute. Uh, Brother Akila, you got anything you want to say on the way out of here? I'm pretty good, man. Uh, 3.0, you guys, you know the drill. Um, you can find me at National Socialist Fitness Club if you need any help with your exercise and your daily routine. It's very important for your personal development, which contributes to our collectivity as a whole. So, um, yeah, find your people and uh, get out there and, and get some shit done day to day. Um, that's about all I got. Fourteen eighty-eight. White Shadow. Merry Christmas to you, brother. Merry Christmas to all y'all. We'll be having uh, shows all throughout the Christmas. Oh yes, shit. I'm glad you said that. Uh, White Shadow. That reminds me. So I'm going to have to reschedule the uh, Dewey show Wednesday. I've been asked to come on another program Wednesday. Uh, I've been asked to come on Surviving White America. So I'm going to go over there. And do the do their show with them. And so that's Wednesday. Also, tomorrow I will be on Ferocious Chihuahua's show. Uh, talking about Reconquista, I think. Something about Mexicans. I forget exactly what it is. Uh, <laughs> I forget exactly what it is. Um, but yeah, I'll be on Chihuahua's show tomorrow. And then Surviving, Surviving Why America on 
Wednesday, so I'm going to have to schedule Dewey for hopefully next Wednesday. So, yeah, keep your eye out for that. Uh, should be fun on those two shows, man. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed the show tonight. Thank you all very, very much for being here. Thank you to everyone who donated. I greatly, greatly appreciate all of the donations there from Roan Wood, Wallum, Night Nation, Face and Flint, Gaines, uh, White Supreme Pizza, Heat Watch, and Fire of Pain. Thank you all very, very much. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, yeah, other than that, guys, thank you all very much for being here. And as always, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. One people, one struggle. Have a great night, family. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Thank you, Wallace. Merry Christmas, brother. Fuck you, I'm out. You're right.